You know why? Because bad things happen in Philadelphia. Bad things. What's up, you beauties? Welcome to another episode of HW Radio. I'm your host, Jim. Here is always with Jack and Kyle. We are joined by a very special guest tonight. We have Natty Fink with us. What's up, Nat? Hi, how are you guys doing? We're doing pretty good. So Nat joined uh, HW as a contributor. She uh, put out an article. I'm sure you guys have seen it by now. Uh, it was a Shane Gossespierre article, and it, it looks like he's going to be sticking around for now at least, doesn't it? Well, it depends on which way you look at it. I mean, way if nothing is done, he has to stick around. But um, if any of these rumors are to be, be believed, he may be one of the first guys out of town, even if he's not involved in a uh, rumored deal that I'm hinting at yeah and that you put out a, a great article i mean you want to talk about that for a second well thing it, it kind of changes without niskanen in the picture though yeah it does because who are you going to pair him up with i mean hey the I press mean, box <laughs> i would not be opposed to him and prover off together again i would not hate that that's what you I'm know, seeing a lot of floating out there. Prover off together. You know, I like My- Myers and Sandheim together. Yeah, I don't want to break up Myers and Sandheim if I don't have to. Everybody's really quick to throw Myers off right combo and all that. But, you know, he could have a sophomore slump, much like Sandheim kind of did. And then everybody start hating Myers and a year later will be on that train. But it's 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 weird because Ghost and Proveroff, the first year they were together, had a pretty good year that he doesn't really get talked about. But they followed that up. Everybody's really quick to hate it on Twitter, and it like just sets everybody aflame, and then <laughs> all the hate starts coming. But having signed Gustafson, you got to figure something out. So while it's not ideal, I don't think it's the worst thing ever either. Yeah, baby, just I. No one knows where Ghost is at. We <laughs> don't know if he's improved on defense. We don't like. He played great when he like played it in the Montreal series, like his like first game, and all of a sudden he became Shane Gossespierre again. I think what makes me nervous about Ghost is he'll come back and you'll see him have some hip in his step and some moves, and then like it he just can't like maintain that consistency throughout the next couple of games, and that you know that's where I I don't know. But then they're saying he wasn't fully healthy, so I just don't know what to believe at this point. So I guess coming into this season, if he gets a good shot and he's a fully healthy maybe we'll see something that we saw earlier in his career uh, unless he's moved of course but that will take a move shake uh, earth moving trade to see that i think yeah i mean he just needs to play with someone consistently he hasn't done that since provorov i mean if you look at everyone he's played with it's like a new guy every single time he's out there like there's got to be something do you know I'm feeling I, like you really want to see that Ghost Proveroff top pairing, that. Yes, I do. And That's everyone's going to hate that because he's not a top defenseman. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. <clears throat> but it, yeah, I, Carl I think what it, also, I, what, it, what it also does is it solidifies, like, your second and third line pairings, I guess. It makes those better by putting Ghost at the top pairing. So, like, it's almost like your top pairings, the top pairing only like by default, you know, like, cause that's Sanheim Myers pairing. I would think overall is better than Proverov ghost. Uh, just cause I forgot to preface this episode in the beginning. This is going to be a, a hot topic, controversial opinion episode guys. So be ready for more hot takes throughout the show here. Uh, I gotta be honest with you as much as I've been against ghost 
throughout the last two, maybe three years. Part of me is like, you know what? Like, okay, if, if what we're hearing is true about him being healthy, then let's maybe see what, what's going to happen. Like maybe try him out. with. And I hate that I'm saying this. I really do. Maybe try him out and see what happens. Because if he crashes and burns, it's going to happen pretty quick, I would imagine. That would be the end, you know? You got a short leash on him, huh? Yeah, I think you have to have a short leash, you know? You could drop him down a pairing or put him on the third pairing, but I don't know if he's got to go from first line to press box just like that, you know? Uh... <laughs> right? Like, you could slot him around a, a little bit. I think they'll the only do that before they send him to the press box just based on what he's making, and you want him to get some kind of value, so if you are forced to trade him, you're not giving him away for peanuts. But at the same was, time, there's no point in trading him for a pick now because who are you going to use that money on? Like, there's that, no point. Is that why Chuck is so high on him? Is he just trying to sell him and be like, oh, he's going to be a big part of our power play again? And, like, because he has no nothing to back his stats up. So is he just trying to act like he's going to be a part of the team to get rid of him? He has something to back his stats I don't, up. It's just not from the most recent, like, two It's years. not from Fletcher's tenure <laughs> at all. I mean, I don't know what other choice he has. You know, I mean, they're not, you know, be like, oh, well, he's okay. Like, they're going to say, we love our team, just like Hextall did for years. You know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's speak. It's team speak. You know, it doesn't really mean anything. It's why some of those interviews or i just kind of roll my eyes and just like yeah they're, they're not gonna come out and kill a guy you know so just i'll believe it when i see it and right now they're looking like then you sign a guy who's exactly like ghost it's kind of like geez what speaks louder words or actions because right now i'm leaning towards those actions um i just think he's trying to make that big deal uh they might just roll with it and see what happens as the season goes on that trade deadline might come quicker than we realize, and maybe Winnipeg's forced to make a move. It, it makes sense for Winnipeg to move him, and we have a lot of assets that they would want. I think from what I'm reading, I have no idea what's really true. It sounds like Chuck's trying to – he really doesn't want to trade Sanheim or TK in this deal, and if he was more open to it, we might have already seen a, a trade for Line A. And I don't even know if Ghost would be in it or not, but it would make more sense of a picture or idea if he had a mold for this team. And we would see what we do goes from there. The most what would make sense the most is they made this deal before free agency. Unfortunately, it's not how things went. So now I have no idea how it's going to fall out. So you're just it is what it is. You're stuck with the guy. And you if he's horrible, you've got like a Tyler Johnson situation on your hands where you look, what are you going to do? You're going to either pay somebody to take his cap hit from you or you're going to bury him in the minors or he's good. And then you maybe you can trade him for something and get that cap hit and something back. That's a big if. It's been two years of you showing me you haven't produced anything. We're just expecting him to produce this year. If he's mm. healthy and doesn't produce, that's a different story. If he's, he's constantly got, he's, again. He's not going to produce. I, I want to see the dude succeed as much as any other Flyers fan, but I just don't see it. Not in this system where defense – I mean, Vigneault preaches – playing the game the right way. Sorry, I don't see how or where he fits. I don't even see where Gustafson fits, but we got him too. So I don't – then again, what do I know? But you don't think he benefits from playing for AV now as opposed to like a hack stall, you know? Well, hack job – Hack would have kept <laughs> freaking – We got Frank Bialois on. I was thinking the same thing. 
Hack was going to keep playing him. For God's sakes, Hack kept playing Yuri Laterra. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not... Of yeah, course, McDonald's. every bad player is going to benefit from playing under a coach that has zero idea what he's doing. Here's a question for you guys, and it's uh, it kind of leads into another topic. Jackie kind of touched on it already with the line deal. What if Gustafson was brought in just in case Fletcher says, okay, I'm going to give in and I'm going to give Sanheim to... Winnipeg, because that's apparently Sandheim's the name that keeps coming up, and that's what's holding up. As soon as Sandheim or Myers were mentioned, and Jack, I think you saw this rumor also today. Uh, Chuck basically hung up the phone. Like they haven't really been close to a deal because it's either one of those two guys. So I'm wondering if Chuck's like, okay, if I bring in this Gustafson guy, he can either replace Ghost or maybe he replaces Sandheim in the lineup because. If you think about it, there's a couple factors that you could say, all right, I could see that. Sandheim's in the the last year of his deal. Hasn't, I'm going to, for me anyway, hasn't really shown much that's going to, that tells me he's going to propel his game magically next season or whatever. Uh, If you look in the minors, they have guys like Zamula. I think, I believe he's a left-handed defenseman. Could easily come up in in another year or so and and take on a role. Uh, Maybe, I think Gustafson, what are they paying him? Three million for a year? Mm Mm-hmm. Sanheim's making 3.2 for the season. So the money is similar there, but I can't imagine Gustafson's going to get that much more of a raise if he decides to stick around. I don't know. What do you guys think? Would would you move Travis Sanheim in a deal for Patrick Laine as the team is right now? It depends. Is it straight up? Then absolutely. <laughs> like I, it all depends what else goes. Well, I would imagine not, but in, in any, in any deal at all, would you move Sanheim? Cause that, that's supposed to be one of your big building blocks on the defense. It's Provorov, Sanheim, Myers, right? Those are the three names we keep hearing. Yeah, I think that if you move on from Sanheim, you have to figure in a way to acquire another young defenseman with upside, with the ability to play on your second pair immediately. I don't think Gustafson is your replacement for Sanheim by any means. For me, how high is the organization on Cam York then? Because I think they must be. Uh, that, I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, you, you'd make the trade and I would really not like it if both TK and Sanheim were involved in the deal, but if it's going to hurt to acquire a player of Patrick Line's caliber and I'm hoping because he's going to get paid and Winnipeg isn't looking to do that, we get some kind of a deal. Um, yeah, you got Zamula, you got York, you got whoever else is in the pipeline. They're still drafting from what we see pretty well and hitting all all positions. So I don't see why not. I feel like this is why you have such a plethora of a draft pool or a prospect pool rather to go out and get these guys and still replenish from within, you know, and we're never drafting high enough to get a guy of Patrick Line's caliber. So I don't think we should let this opportunity pass by. And will it sting? Of course it'll sting. Sandheim's also 24 years old and defensemen always take longer to develop. It's very easy to get on them when they're young. They always take longer to develop. So this could bite us. But at the end of the day, if we got Patrick Lane, who scored, what, 160 goals and he's like 22 years old, like those guys don't grow on trees either. So I would do it. And I don't our team wouldn't be complete by any means, but it would definitely be a step in the right direction, if you ask me. And then I still feel like if Ghost isn't involved in the mo- in the deal he gets moved in another deal for something else later. I don't, I don't even want to get into that, but I, I do think that there, we, as you would say, Jimmy, where there's smoke, there's fire. And they've been talking about line a for like 
over a month now. Like it, there is definitely, definitely well, something going on there. It, what who's gonna, Lion- they're playing chicken right now. I mean, who's going to go first? What did Line A say? I don't even know if this is factual or not. I've seen it just come across my Twitter feed. Line A said something to the effect of play me or the first line or trade me. Uh, I don't know exactly what he said, but I, there was definitely some issue with the center he was playing with. And I look at that team and I was a little shocked. Um, yeah, that was like around midway last season. There, that's when that talk was. There was definitely some animosity between him and how he was being played and who he was being played with. And that's the part that I can't get behind when you guys are when we talk about, you know, trading Travis Sanheim or trading Konechny is – I don't know what we're actually getting in line A. Are we getting a head case? Should the dude should have been a goalie maybe? Like, cause <laughs> hey, some guys are divas. It seems like that's what I mean though. Like, do we need a diva here? Cause Philly has not been very friendly to divas in the past. And they're, I would they're, like a diva, unless they score <laughs> by the dozen, then <laughs> it's a different story. Matt, what yeah, do you think? Would you move Sam? Because uh, we love Ronick, and Ronick was a diva, and I love Jeremy Ronick. But Ronick was a fun diva, though. Is this guy really started fun? talking about the fans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's just it. Well, like, which one is? Because when the team's winning and he's scoring a lot of goals, he's going to seem awfully fun. So, it, and it's also a position that this team hasn't had in, I can't tell you how long. And he's only 22. Like, jeez. Yeah, now, would you do it? Again. I would, yeah. I feel like I defend Sandheim on this podcast, and I, I would still do it. See, that's really interesting. So we got three three yeses to moving Sandheim. Now, would you move him? Yeah. I'm not married to him. I, he doesn't – he's not like – I don't look at him and be like, oh, man, we got to – he's going to be great someday. I don't feel that way when I watch him play. Interesting. I mean, remember, he's a Hextall draft pick, not Fletcher. But so you Fletcher think- – the only problem is we don't have depth on defense. That's not right now. No. Have to make a move. Like you're forced to make a move if you get rid of him. Yeah, because you lose Niskanen, who's a top four, and then that hurt. You know, yeah. the plan is to bring on another top four. And now you're trading one, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was definitely hurt for this season. Who knows what the future seasons would bring? And the flat cap definitely doesn't help the situation, but. I think that's why a trade hasn't happened right now because he knows he can't – He, I think he would trade Sanheim, but he knows he can't give up another top four with Niskin in retiring like this. Right. And that's why he's trying to wait out Winnipeg and give up, I guess, Konechny, maybe, Ghost, Frost in a pick or something along those lines. I heard Lawton's been involved. I don't know who you take out, who you put in, but it sounds like he's trying to not – definitely not Myers – and it sounds like he doesn't even want to give Sandheim right now. Where I think if, say, Niskanen were still here, he he might have. Yeah, I think that trigger already would have gotten pulled. Because then you have a whole other year to figure out who's your top four. Right. And, it, and who knows, maybe York or Zamula takes a significant step forward and you can get by. Well, that's another tricky part is – how is anybody going to take a significant step forward when there's probably not going to be an AHL season and there's not going to be a college season, is there? I know these guys – well, yeah, no, it's a good point because you'd rather see them play in the AHL. I think they'll play overseas somewhere, much like when there's been lockouts, but it's not ideal by any means. I've seen uh, Hogberg did get loaned to a SHL team. So, I mean, Jimmy, what did, you brought up our uh, our connection with uh, – what's his name for the Phantoms? Oh, Mike. Yeah, yeah Mike. Ionello. Yeah. He said what he said he didn't think there was going to be an AHL, th- uh, AHL season. 
He said if there is going to be one, it'll start up in January, February. Okay, uh, so right around the time this league is supposed to start. Yeah, and I think he said that like no one's working right now. Like everybody's been furloughed. Like everything's kind of on hold. So yeah, he said late January, February most likely. So if that's a little bit late though, you know. Uh, and that kind of leads into another topic here in, in a player like Morgan Frost. So for me, I'm already penciling him in as the Flyers 3C to start next season. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Excuse me. And then I want to hear what you guys think. If there's no AHL season, the kid's got to play. The only, Like Kyle, you mentioned, the only way you're going to get better is if you're playing. The kid's been – they've been using him at center when he's been with the Phantoms. They have – in my opinion, they have no intention on making him a winger. That 3C spot's got his name on it. Nolan Patrick, who we're going to get to, who knows when he's going to come back. I think you got to start Frost out. Obviously, let him win the spot. He's got to win it first and foremost. You can't just give it to him. But that the 3C has got Morgan Frost's name written all over it. I say start him out there. See if he takes it and runs with it. But uh, I, I definitely don't think there's any – there's no good that can come from having him in the, uh, the press box to start the season. What do you guys think? I think COVID threw a monkey wrench in that whole we definitely want Morgan Frost to play center at this very moment. Because, I mean, if you want the kid to play and Patrick does come back, I don't foresee Frost bumping Patrick out of that 3C slot. But I wouldn't mind seeing Frost on that right wing. I don't know. It's it's odd. And there's if the season does go off as planned and they do try to get a full 82-game season in, I, like Kyle said, if Patrick is playing, he, he can't bump Patrick. And there's so many decent wingers on this team with got certain guys. Like, you know, I don't know if he bumps one of them either, especially because how small he is right now with the board play. And you saw what the Islanders did to us on the boards. And you want a guy like Frost out there digging the puck out for you, he might get killed. So if there's a lot of back-to-backs and things like that, I can see maybe they got give guys breaks and let them play a little bit. I would not – like to see him bench that often, but is it better than having him loan somewhere and actually getting NHL experience with the team? It's going to be tough. We're going to have to see how training camp goes, what, what kind of time frames we're looking at. It is time for him to play with the Flyers, but this whole Patrick thing and COVID, massive monkey wrench into everything, which is also another reason why I think a trade should be or could be coming and Frost's name is almost always in all these trades. It was in the Gaudreau one we heard back in early September. It's been in the Line A one. And who else knows what's out there? I want him to – first game, I want him the 3C. I mean, even his his first two games ever on the Flyers were great. Yeah. I mean, he, he's ready to play. But the problem is, like you just said, he's – But the thing is, what we were lacking in the playoffs and when that was speed. And that's what he has. And he'll bring something extra – when it comes to his ability to, you know, boost the team a little bit, you know, um, and especially with with that, if we if we don't have Patrick, I mean, and who knows that's going to happen, you know, I'm all for He's scrimmaging experience. <laughs> what, what, what do you have to lose? There's nothing to lose because he's not bad. We know that. That's yeah, Patrick is out. He definitely want to see Frost because it's like at this point, I, I want to see what we drafted. You know, I def I want to see it. Like, come on. And Ferdinand Stan- now he did have issues with consistency, and that's why he was sent down. But that usually happens with young players. So maybe this time around he can be a little more consistent. Hopefully he added some kind of muscle, at least enough to stay. And if he's skilled enough, then he should be able to stick. And I mean, 
if Patrick is magically ready to go, that's going to be weird. I don't know what they do at that point. I can't see Frost on the wing, but I do like his speed and creativity. His first goal was awesome. It was like a highlight real real goal. So I do want to see that speed and creativity. Yeah, and I just um, so if Patrick's out, then yeah, Frost by by I mean unless he has a horrible camp, he's definitely what what I want to see. And if I'd be severely disappointed if he didn't win that battle going into start the season. Yes, but again, like we alluded to, if Patrick is playing and does come to camp and goes through camp, I can't see Frost taking that spot, and I don't see Frost playing your fourth-line center. Well, let me ask you this. What's what's more likely? Ghost has a somewhat decent season, or Patrick plays this year? Patrick oh, plays. Jesus. <laughs> what, you, what, what gives you any confidence that Patrick would play? He's playing now. He's been scrimmaging since we drafted him. <laughs> he's, he's playing he's, he now. He had his first headache. He's been scrimmaging. <laughs> scrimmaging he's is nothing. He's playing now. I'm telling you, Patrick. He ain't playing. He's scrimmaging. There's a big Kyle, difference. You really believe that? I really honestly believe that Patrick's back this year. Okay. Right from the get-go? Right from the jump. God, I wish I had your confidence, man. 3C. Right to Patrick, and he's going to put up 45 points. Wow. Wait, is yeah. this another guarantee? Guaranteed. Signed, sealed, delivered. 45 points from Patrick this year. If he's back, there's no way he plays a full season. There's <laughs> no way. Like, I'm not a doctor, but you don't just, like, cure migraines like that. I'm, like, something's going to happen. It's, he's not going to be right. Those yeah. head issues are the worst thing to deal with. Yeah, I know there was another player who had, I can't remember who it was. It took years to figure out the right diet. And I'm sure they didn't just figure it out, and he just came back and just resumed his career sure it's going to be like we'll see him in a game then he'll be out for a while then he'll come back and it'll be out and it'll be a saga never-ending saga and i just have no confidence in him playing any significant time this year do you guys if let's say that's the case is that something you guys want to deal with god no because no. I, I put no I, I don't know if you remember like uh, during the season last year i said yeah just cut your losses with patrick because this is not going to stop <laughs> you are not going like, to stop though but you you're i <laughs> you were talking about just like cutting him completely like just let him yeah, go you said, you said let him walk and i'm like you yeah, can't let, let him an walk. rfa second overall draft pick i can't walk. let that kind of <laughs> asset go like you have to weave him into a trade Maybe with Winnipeg. I know his values. I don't even know what you would call it at this point, but I can't just. A lot higher now it, that he only comes with an $800,000 uh, cap it. Mm. Yeah, but he might never play. See, that's the thing. There's two sides to the coin because it's like, oh, he could be the shiny new toy, but he might not work, you know? So. Yeah, maybe he just needs some new batteries. He's definitely yeah, not any centerpiece in a trade, but maybe he's enough to entice a team like Winnipeg to not take Sandheim back in a deal? Maybe. Yeah, I, do I really don't Fletcher see him for the Flyers. honestly went that route? Or do you think he's just, no, nope, no, nope, forget it. Or even Winnipeg's like, no, we want nothing to do with him. From what I saw today, I, I saw that it hasn't even been close. I saw that there was an all, uh, the Flyers have been the team that are most actively in pursuit of Patrick Laine. But every time they talk, it's either we want Sandheim or Konechny and, or I'm sorry, Myers and, that's the end of that conversation. I'm, so I'm not sure if all these rumors are even remotely close now because of what I read today. Uh, they could just be rumors. But, I mean, I just – I don't see – no everything that I heard and read and 
you know, I've talked to people who, who know what's going on with Nolan Patrick. It just doesn't – it makes too much sense for him to never play in Philadelphia again. It doesn't make sense for him to play here. From Based off what I've heard and talked to you guys about, I just – I can't see him playing for the Flyers anymore. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if he gets traded to Winnipeg. I don't know how this, this whole RFA thing works now. I know he signed the deal and, you know, he's under contract with the Flyers. But if he, if he doesn't play this year – is he still an RFA, or that's the end of the deal? No, he's still an RFA. So he's an yeah. RFA until he plays the uh, number of games or whatever. I believe Correct. so. What? Yeah. He's an RFA until what? Twenty-five. Get out, really? Something yeah. like that. Uh, I forget. Uh, I, really... I know that the the stipulations were he couldn't be offer sheeted this year, right. or he in the didn't make that. Yeah, because he, he didn't make the um, amount of games necessary to make that RFA status of being able to be offer sheeted, like, like say, Barzell. Yeah. So, I don't... Are you a Nolan Patrick fan? I Am I a Nolan Patrick fan? I, I He was, like, okay. Like, I loved him, like, the, you know, the two seasons that he played. Like, when he scored and did, did well, but he was, like, everyone else in the team where, you're, like, you get to the third period, and you're like, where the hell are you? <laughs> he was streaky, yeah. but he looked good. When he looked good, he looked good. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, are you good? Like, like, like Frost. Like, are you going to be consistent? And you don't know that. It, it's no always been a saga with Patrick, even before the headaches. Remember when he got drafted? He had the boil on his face in training camp, and he was out for a while. Then he he was hurt. He was back. He was hurt. Then there was I, I just. Uh, you I guys just, had enough. Well, listen, I I got aggravated back in the day when Forsberg had that issue with his foot. And and he was one of the greatest hockey players to ever play, and I was getting frustrated. So Patrick doing this, who we've barely seen, yes, I've had enough. Have a team and not have all these issues, and we're going to – well, if Patrick plays and we got to do this or that, I just want to know. And it's it's aggravating. And on top of all that, we finally get the second overall pick when we shouldn't have had it. We're going to turn our team around, and that's who we wind up with. Just send them pack and let them go. Let them go home for nothing. <laughs> Just let them walk. We're let them go. Train again. Just gave him a contract, some but some kind. <laughs> Gotta have some. Send us a seventh, and we'll call it a day. Take this. I was going to say take this headache off her hands, but I don't want anyone seventh, to take that literal. Seventh overall. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not really contributing sounds like you're really done jim <laughs> yeah i am because I, I it's like annoying talking about him anymore you know and i don't want people to take that the wrong way like ah oh, jim prick blah 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 but you know I, I wish the kid well i hope that he's able to overcome what he's going through and he ends up having a nice nhl career or he ends up doing whatever it is that makes him happy but uh, i i just don't really want him on the flyers anymore like, will I root for him if he does play? Sure, absolutely. But it's like, let's move on. We have a guy who's ready, hopefully ready in Morgan Frost. Like, this team should keep going forward. To me, Nolan Patrick's not on the Flyers. To me, that's how I see this Flyers team. Every time I make a roster, I forget about him. And it's like, like it's going to be the same thing, in my opinion, this season. We're just going to be strung along all year. Oh, he's skating. He's not cleared yet, but he's skating. It's like, well... Like, what the hell is going on? Like, can you tell us what's up? Or, I mean, I guess we don't have the right to know, but I don't know. It just seems odd to me. Something still seems off with Patrick, and I'm done. Like, let him go somewhere else. He's not, I don't know. 
not going to work out here, I don't think. And then if, if down the future, when this stuff keeps cropping up, you know how Philly mm-hmm. is. They're going to turn on them, you know, and it's going to get ugly. I don't blame you for that insensitive thing. Like, that's how I feel. I don't want to come off insensitive. You know, at the end of the day, though, it's a business. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's the business of winning. And if this guy's not providing you anything, you're going to – frustration's going to mount, you know, especially considering the draft capital put into this guy and now the time. And it's just – I'm I'm 100% with you, honestly. I, I The only difference between you and me is if we do get rid of him or move him, I would like to get something back where you're just like, ah, screw him, whatever. Yeah, cut him loose. Still an so, asset in my eyes. Still yeah. an asset. Oh, sure, yeah. You, I mean, you could toss him into something. Like, hey, maybe he's got a – maybe he pans out for you. Yeah, sure. But it's like – for me, it's like, hey, cut your losses, move on here. Uh, speaking of moving on, let's kind of move on here a little bit. So – uh, now nah, you had a topic, a controversial topic you wanted to talk about, and you mentioned the the top line of the Philadelphia Flyers. What's so controversial about them? That Drew and Voracek should not be there anymore. That is controversial. Both of them cannot play together. Yeah. I'm fine with Coots playing with Voracek. I'm absolutely fine with that. But Drew cannot be in the picture if Voracek is still in it. He needs to be bounced down to the third line, G something because he's doing absolutely nothing out there and i hate to be that person like who's like oh gee sucks he's supposed to be the star but he doesn't have it anymore and maybe if he moves back to center maybe we'll see that he still has the playmaking ability that he once had or some kind of instincts to do something i agree with that i would love that move like if if this whole frost thing doesn't work out or even if you want to start G at center to start the year, like play him less, find a way to play him less minutes. Cause we know G starts off slow anyway. Right. So get him on the ice less, put him in a three C who would you put up top with Couturier and Voracek though? Cause that's, See, that's, that's what I always get back right away. Oh, if you're going to take G off the top line, who are you going to move up? It's like, well, they're pretty deep, aren't they? Yeah. You can put connect me up or uh, yeah. Connect me up there. You try all different sorts of wingers. I'm sure yeah. they would try Farabee for a while to get him just going, see what they got. I put uh, Farabee up there in a heartbeat. I yeah. love Farabee. And just, just you find the, the chemistry. Like there, there's never like a set top line. And I think what Natalie's point is, is it seems that in every major situation, it's G and Jake. And that's just a formula that's not working anymore. And it kind of starts with the power play. And it starts with ice time. And maybe these guys need to take a step back in the lineup. And maybe a guy like Kevin Hayes needs to start getting more ice time. And, you know, Couturier still does his thing. And Coots gets up there and start advancing everybody else up and pull these guys back. And that might be beneficial for everybody involved. Like, Jimmy, you were alluding to with G playing a little bit less and maybe not being as exhausted or out of it. And, you know, Voracek still will drive play, but he's not nearly the same player as he used to be. So maybe seeing less of that is a good thing. I'm definitely not against it, and I definitely think AV could be a guy to implement it if we still have these issues. Uh, and especially when G's contract's up, I fully expect him at that point to take – what's he make? 8.25, like down 3 or $4 million less and be a third-line winger or center. And I don't see why you can't experiment with that now because what you have going – especially with him, isn't working. I mean, even 
G and Voracek played better when they had Law in a center in the playoffs. And I think they almost hide behind Coots now, if that makes any sense. Interesting. Like, they just let him, you know, do all the work, it feels like. Like, I don't know. Like, they finally became themselves again, a little bit, when they had Law in, because they had to step up. And I feel like they just need a little kick in the butt, you know. But... I don't know, but them together is just not working. It's not working anymore. I'm for that. Break them up. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time. Like, what, 2013, you think, was like the first time we saw them starting to really come together? I was like, that'll be eight years ago, come start of this season. Like, that's a long time. Like, eventually stuff stops working, and it's time for other players to start taking this, this make the team theirs and take the team by the reins. So Vigneault made some comments a couple months ago. And he singled out Giroux for taking better care of his body, right? You guys remember that. And I, I imagine he keeps himself in pretty good off-season shape. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's the reason for his slow starts. But he does traditionally start slow to begin seasons. Moving him down to the third line means that you don't have to rely on Claude Giroux right away to produce. He can... Ease his way into the season like he likes to do, you know. Um, and if you pair him up with some offensive players down there, I'm thinking, you know, maybe a JVR is on his left wing. I'm not sure who you would put on the right side because it, it would need to be a guy that can maybe play a little bit of uh, a defense or whatever. But JVR and Giroux, I think, need to be paired together for, for JVR's sake. So that to me, that makes a lot of sense to put him on the third line. When did he? When did Giroux really get hot this year? Through like December, January, he really started to catch fire a little bit. So I'm gonna assume the same thing happens next year with G. I don't think that's a fluke. I think, you know, this is what he is now. He's maybe a 50, 55 point guy, 60, 65 tops. Let him play with guys that can put the puck in the net. Maybe pair. I don't know. Pair him up with Frost or or whoever once in a while. And then if you need him to move up a line, he, he still has the ability to produce. You know, when he starts to heat up, then move him up. I like that idea. Take him off the top line. Take the pressure off his shoulders a little bit. In my opinion, this is Sean Couturier's team, right? That's like let him take over. Let him be the alpha guy. He's the top line guy. Pair him up with Jake and Farabee. I like that line. I, I like the idea of, of Drew on the third line with a guy like Frost or even Farabee. I mean, I, if it was regular times, I'd say even room those guys together because G was rooming with Briere and he really turned into something. You know, I, so that same formula tends to work. Like keep them together, let them play together at least a little bit, try them out. I mean, think about that. He's playing with this young stud and the young stud, well, which we hope is a stud, he's playing with freaking Claude Giroux and they're not playing against top like line talent on the third line. So maybe they do make something happen and maybe he unlocks something in his repertoire and he becomes a full-time NHL player. So I don't, there's nothing bad about dropping him in the lineup, especially when you have plenty of guys who could step up and probably deserve more ice time. Uh, We'll see what they do with the power play, but it's definitely something that I haven't thought about myself and would not mind at all to see it implemented. I hope it happens. They, they have options. This team, uh, I know we talked on past shows that, We'd like to see them go out and make a trade, make a move. But offensively, they can fix their problems from within. And I don't know if that, I don't even know if uh, this is a popular opinion, but 
you know, they can move G down. They can fill up a, they can fill the first, second line. But how about the the three C we talked about? Could be Frost. Could move Giroud down. What about guys like? Uh, I always want to call him Leonard Twazinski now, but Tanner Lazinski. <laughs> <laughs> Tanner Lazinski, Connor Bonneman. Uh, we're looking at guys like uh, Wade Allison, and I'm missing one guy, the the free agent guy they signed over from Sweden, Sandin. Sandin. That's it. I'm not sure if he can. He's he's eligible to play this year. I read something about Why that. Not? There's something with his contract with the SHL because I, I originally had him on the list to step up and they said he might not be able to or something. So look into that. He might not be a realistic option for this year, but everybody else is. And I know they're high on Wade Allison um, and Luzinski seems like to be everybody's favorite to win the 4C job out of camp right now. That doesn't mean he's the best. That just means we one would like to see it. And two uh, seems he fits. He checks a lot of boxes. Bunneman's always a nice guy when you need him to. He can step in and do the job. But Lazinski seems to be have the higher ceiling at the position. So he's definitely my pick. Um, both Allison and Lazinski were looking at being free agents and from draftees, and you don't want to lose guys. And they were garnering a lot of interest. So I was glad the Flyers locked them both up, and now they're actually making a push, uh, even more so than guys like Rufstov and Radcliffe, who – Two years ago, I don't. I think we'd have thought those guys would have made the team before them. So it's a, that's more one of the more exciting things about the training camp coming up. And uh, I'm definitely with you on that. Uh, we'll work on his name. We'll get it right. Uh, we won't throw letters around. And thank you for bringing that up. And um, hopefully he makes the team. And <laughs> you know, it's nice to get these like late round gems and like like Limblom, honestly. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, have them make the team make an impact. And I, he. I think he can, and I think he will. I just hope – I hope he's more of a Lawton and less of a um, – oh, God. Who was everybody's darling two years ago? He's playing in Russia right now. Rupsov? Ru- not Rupsov. The, the other guy who came up. Oh, Vorobiev. Vorobiev. I hope he's not a Vorobiev because, man, did he had he had his wool over all our eyes. And about two games into the season, he just went, wow, downhill fast. I don't think that will happen, but I am a little worried. I love Robiev. Oh, boy. Nat and Kyle, what do you guys think? Would you be disappointed if they filled the roster from within, or do you want them to go out and make a trade? There's no, what's out there? to What's available right now? I mean, I, I don't, I'm absolutely fine with building from within because there's nothing sexy out there. Yeah. Well, I'll throw a name out that they've been connected to. Derek Broussard. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. He's I'd rather see Lucas in the past four years. Yeah. For, that's just that's that's just rumor land, but because I'm with you. Other than that, I've been, they weren't they weren't talking to Thornton or nothing. So I guess it makes more sense, especially with their cap situation, to focus on the D with any any extra money they have. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Bill, you draft all these guys for a reason. You might as well see them. Kyle, fill from within. I don't really see an option other unless you're gonna. Unless you're going to give up a lot to get a lot, which I don't see happening. I mean, those talks have gone pretty dark pretty fast. So you have no options, really, except to fill from within. But honestly, the roster is full right now. Yeah. So what are we actually going to fill? I was going to say something, but we have a guest. So I ref- I'll refrain. Uh, yeah, believe me, I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no. I won't, but here's a, a fan 
uh, or not a fan, uh, a listener suggestion for a controversial topic here. And you guys, your, your jaws are going to drop. So he goes, Danny Briere, while being an awesome player, is one of the most overrated flyers of all time. He had awesome achievements, but the way some fans talk about him, you think he's you think he was the second coming of the Messiah. Your thoughts? Um, I definitely wouldn't call him overrated. He uh, he uh, there was a time where I was very angry with Danny Briere, but it didn't last long. Why? But I, I he because he signed that deal, he came in and he had like a little rut, like right at the beginning of that contract, not the very beginning where he wasn't very good, but like then you saw what he did when they went to the playoffs, and it was every single time they went to the playoffs. That stuff is why he's beloved. Like, come on, like you, look at how bad this team was in the playoffs this year. He's like the if opposite. If we had Briere, we probably win Game Seven. <laughs> like it's just that's how good he was, and he was doing it with guys like Vinny Prospel, for God's sake. Like it's he wasn't playing with Claude like and when he was playing with Claude Giroux they went to the friggin' cup like he he's not underrated he's not the Messiah or anything but he was a very good player very skilled and talented player for his size uh, a guy I would love to see Morgan Frost model his game after and it's just yeah I don't that's that's a little strong for me Briere was very good yeah I don't I don't remember everyone anyone ever hyping him up ever. Because G was anyway. Like, I, don't I mean, no more than he was. We had just finished dead last, and you trade for Hartnell and Timonen, and then your big free agent signing is Danny Briere. So they're going to pump him up a little bit, obviously. But, um, I mean, we've had more success with Briere on the team than we did with any with them with Giroux on the team. I mean, Briere, we went to uh, two Eastern Conference finals, one Stanley Cup. With Giroux, we won, what, one or two playoff games? At, at two of those, he shared with Briere, 2012 and uh, 2010. I mean, I mean, he may have won more than that, but he wasn't the – he was like a third-line player then. That was Briere and whoever else's team. When it was Giroux's team, we were best known for taking the, uh, the Rangers to game seven of the first round of the playoffs. And then what else? Getting embarrassed by Washington and Pittsburgh in the first round or flat out missing the playoffs? I mean, yeah. Rare did a lot more in his time with the Flyers than Giroux really ever has, at least team success-wise. Did he ever win the Cup anywhere? Not with Buffalo, no. right? They they went to like the Eastern Conference Finals, but they didn't win. He was That's when he played with Drury. They busted that team up, I guess. Yeah, um, Ryan Miller. If there's some of the younger listeners out there, if you're a fan of Travis Konechny, who didn't score a goal in the playoffs, by the way, oh, you would have <laughs> you would absolutely love Danny Briere if you watched him because that's what a playoff goal scorer looks like. He looks like Danny Briere. He scored some of the clutchest goals I could imagine. Yeah, he wanted to win, and he was like not big, like you against, know. No, and against the Devils, the only game we won in 2012 in that second round, he scored the game-winning goal. It got disallowed, and he came back in overtime and scored the game-winning goal. That's right. Like, only Danny Briere does that. And like I said, he was he's been doing it on. It was always his line. Like the famous line that we went to the Cup with was Briere, Hartnell, and uh, God, what the hell was his name? Billy Leno. <laughs> like that was our top line, like our highest scoring producing line anyway, through the that 2010 playoffs. No Carter, no Richards, no Drew. I'm not mentioning any of the. That was the top scoring line. Like 
It always featured Briere, and that was for a reason. I'm really disappointed in that tweet now. The more I think about Danny Briere, the more I'm like, how could you say that? It's blasphemous. Uh, okay, so speaking of Travis Konechny, I have an unpopular, controversial opinion. I'd trade Travis Konechny for Patrick Laine in a heartbeat. Now, I think it's only controversial because TK is a fan favorite, but I would assume, I think I know Jack and Kyle's opinion here. Nat, would you trade TK for Patrick Laine? Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like a straight brain. Well, just going based off the tweet here, I'm sure there would be more pieces into it, but who would you – all right, so let me phrase it like this. Who would you rather have on this Flyers team, Travis Konechny or Patrick Laine? Laine, hands down. Yeah. Every day of the week, twice on Sunday. (laughs) I mean, you got one guy – Konechny is a 30-goal scorer who's never scored 30 goals. And huh. you have Line A, who's a 40-goal scorer who has yet to for- score 40 goals. But still, like that means he scored 30 plenty of times and is flirting with 30. And at 22, he'll hit 40. And then you're going to put him with some of the guy, young guys we got on our team coming up. I just I love that combination. I love Konechny, but come on. Line There's- A is easily the better player, more talented offensive player. There's too many guys cur- forwards to like on this team to be – set on Konechny. There's so many options you can look at. Where hey, Jack, correction. Line A did score 40 goals. He scored 44. <laughs> he's never Boom. scored 50. Oh, 50. My mistake. A, that, was the, that was the thing. He never, he's a 50-goal scorer. He's never scored 50 goals. See, see, semantics. Only making my point even further. You're upgrading the position. And then you say, oh, who do you put on that first line? It's not even a thought. It's line A every time. Yeah, you wouldn't even complain about it because it's an obvious thing. We would have him on the first line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, you moved Giroux. Well, who do you put up there? Oh, we could put Konechny. We could put Limblom. We could flirt with Farah. But you have a guy like Line A. It's it's Line A, and you don't even think about it. And that those uh, we need a legitimate superstar like that. Yeah, but he doesn't play any defense. That's not true. (laughs) He's a one-zone player. Yeah, but if he plays with Coots, who gives a shit? That's a good point too. (laughs) And Jimmy, you even said. He's young. He's 22 years old. Could be co- being coached under AV. Like, he'll play some defense. Yeah, I don't know. Play enough. You're going to be Konechny missing doesn't a lot really of... play defense. Konechny's known for a lot of mistakes in his own end because he takes chances, which I'm not against, but he does take chances, and a lot of times they end up in odd man rushes. Yeah, but... But so what are you really losing? You know. The grit, the, the yapping... Come on. All right, let me ask, because that's something that a lot of people talk about when they bring up Konechny. What grit does he really bring? He throws his little body around, I guess. Does he? <laughs> not, not in the playoffs. But <laughs> maybe, I mean, you guys can tell me. Maybe he does, and I just, maybe I'm not watching when it happens. Like, does he throw his body around? It's not. What is the what is so gritty about Travis Konechny? It's, he o- makes that is, it's overblown. It's overblown. I do I do like that he gets in he gets in opponents' heads. He's like the he's got like the Marshan effect. You know, he stops talking, right? He, but he'll get in your head. So gritty's probably not the right word. He he's not afraid to get in the corners though. He's not like one of those guys who's only finesse. Like he'll get dirty if he has to. Doesn't always go his way. But um, it's more so that he gets in your head and he gets the other team's players not playing on their game because. He just he just that's what he does. He's a he's a gnat. He's like constantly around you. And then he talks on top of that. 
And you like having a player like that on your team because it gets their them off their game. And that's what Marchand does. You know, like he, that's at least one of the things he does. And um, on top of that, he's got a hell of a hell of a wrister. You know, he can make some he create. He, well, I haven't seen it during the playoffs, but he used to create on his own. So th- there's a lot to like there with connect me. Just you're hanging your hat on the playoffs and I can't 100% so, blame you. I'm so, so bitter about the playoffs. Can't blame you. I really you am. You know what though? Islanders exposed a lot of flaws, as did Montreal. You know, so it's a, it's a shame. But again, it's not something I couldn't live without, especially if I'm getting Patrick Wine. You know what I was thinking about? And I'm sorry, I'm, this isn't really changing the subject because we're talking about choking in the playoffs. Uh, Throughout the course of this season, I was really excited for the Flyers. They kept winning. They kept winning. And there was there were people out there that were like, yeah, but the playoffs is a different animal. And maybe I forgot about that because it's been so long since the Flyers put out a legit hockey team in the NHL playoffs. I mean, the last two times they made it before this season, they count, but they didn't really count because they were so badly uh, outmatched by the Capitals and Penguins. This team here... I think is built for regular season. I think if they get to the play, well, I think they will get to the playoffs. Absolutely. I think they have a, as good a shot as anybody in the Metro to win the Metro. Maybe they steal a first round again, but I don't see them getting past a second round again as is, you know, not with these same players. And I'm like, well, who's going to step up and be the guy? Travis connect me one goal is in 22 playoff games. I'm not counting on Travis connect me. Like, I'm really not. He's not a guy that I think is going to be a go-to guy in the playoffs. He's only he can only score 24 goals in, in an entire regular season. 24 goals is good. There's, you know, a lot of 20-goal scorers out there that, that teams would like to have. But, I don't know, Patrick Line is a guy you can count on to put the puck in the net. So I don't understand why anybody would say no to Line for TK. I think he's a guy you need on the team. Well, I agree with the line A over TK, but as far as this team not being a playoff team, first off, it is a different animal. But, like, no team really, like, starts winning, becomes a, a di- top division favorite, and then just enters the playoffs and dominates. Like, teams, like, they have a year-to-year jump. Like, they build. They learn. Like, the Capitals, they didn't just win the Stanley Cup. They, they were knocking on the door for years. You know? Uh, even when Chicago came up, they like, around 08 and 09, like, they were, like, they were flirting with the playoffs, and then they took over. Uh, the King, all these Stanley Cup t- teams did the same thing. Boston, for years, has been a, uh, a team that's knocked on the door. St. Louis has been a team that's constantly knocked on the door. Some of them are successful, some of them aren't. But Let like, me ask you a question real quick here because there's a theme in all the teams that you mentioned. Do you know what it is? Uh, grit. They're all big, heavy teams. Which is another thing we lack, which is uh, why having Frost on the wing may not work. I think a lot of them are. I think you you still need talent and skill. For sure. Chicago, they didn't strike me as, as some of the teams we named. Like Boston's definitely a big team. Um, St. Louis is definitely a big team. Um, Chicago was about medium. I don't think they – I think they were more skilled. Um, I think L.A. won on goaltending and timely goals. Um I'm trying to think they who else. They weren't small. It is. No, I don't think any small. team is small, though. Like, who's just a general, just tiny team? Like, I don't think anybody is. Montreal like, was. Big bodied. But they're not They're not built to win yet. Now they're starting to add. But they're not, they, they shouldn't even make the playoffs. 
Like they, they only made it because of the bubble. They're, they're, okay. they're not a, they weren't a playoff team. They're still building. I mean, Suzuki was still like a prospect. He just came out. So, so here's you kind need, of a thing. You need a mix. I don't think you'd need the entire team to be like these tow, twin towers, but you'd need you still need a lot of skill and you got to find the missing pieces, which you, I would like my defensemen to be big strong guys, to be honest with you. That's what that's what St. Louis did. So how how like uh I mentioned that guys were out there going, yeah, but they're not built for playoff hockey, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Canadians are like the opposite, I'm wondering. Not, I, you know, they added a guy like Josh Anderson. They added another, uh, Edmondson on defense. Who's that other big forward they added? Uh, I can't uh, remember. Toffoli. They added Toffoli. Toffoli, that's it. And I'm wondering, are they – yeah, maybe they're built for the playoffs, but they can, can they get through an 82-game regular season? Do you think yeah, if if Carey Price stays healthy, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Josh Anderson is going to have to stay healthy as well. Uh, health is going to be an issue no matter what team you're talking about. And for me, goaltending is one of the biggest things. If you yeah, look but at can the they Stanley can Cup they play teams. that style of hockey, like that big bruising, you know, physical style, 82 games. They don't a though. year. They don't. None of them they get, do. They get by and then they turn it on in the playoffs. No, there's not what a single team. None of them do. Tampa didn't play a big physical style all year, but in the playoffs, they sure as hell did. Right. Is Dallas it, didn't play it. Well, Dallas played more of a big physical style than Tampa, but once they got to the playoffs, they sure as hell played a hell of a lot harder, bigger, and stronger than every other freaking team in the West, at least. You can look at uh, teams like Vegas, too. Vegas, they didn't land 35 hits a game until the playoffs. Then they did. Those big teams, though, they have trouble repeating. They're like, well, sometimes they're some of the first guys eliminated from the playoffs. Is anybody really worried about repeating, though? I just want a goddamn Stanley Cup. Yeah, I depend. <laughs> I think. I, I think. I think that there's flaws in that. I think you, you bring up you bring up the Blues, but nobody's mentioned how great Biddington was. I find that odd. Like that team was a last place team, and they changed the coach and the goalie, and suddenly they won the cup. But we're talking about how big they were. Like that's two massive things nobody's talking about. They, like, they I, like, big, we have the goaltending and we have the coaching. It's everything else in between we need to figure out. And the Blues have been to the playoffs almost every year for like five to six years. This this Flyers team, they really haven't been to the playoffs. And when they have, they've been embarrassed. So I think they just need to go to the playoffs more and adapt to the playoffs. Sure, could they be, get bigger? Yeah, who couldn't? But they still need experience as a real thing. And really, can you even look at this year's playoffs and be like, oh, the Flyers didn't succeed? But I mean, look at it. You're in a bubble, new format. You had so much time off. Like, you just throw this season away. You don't know what's going to happen. Like, to me, that's just a I, – I can't gauge anything from what I saw. Yeah, and bubble life was an issue for certain players. I don't know who. I just heard it was an issue for certain guys. So it's tough to kill anybody for what that's happened. That's a good point. To me, I, I just throw this season away, let this playoffs away. I don't even, I wouldn't even think about it in the future. I would like to see them in a regular year, and that's why it just sucks so bad because they were so hot. But you know, and see how they do then, and then it'd be a different, just be a regular season style, home away, all that fans like who it could be totally different. They've always said that about Drew too. Not that I, I still agree that he's kind of getting older and he's falling off a little bit, but he always seemed to feed off the fans. So you guys think this roster, as is, can win a Stanley Cup? No. 
No, we still need a superstar. We need, we need that guy to push Tom Ford D. <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be nice if it was defenseman. I think we, I think Provorov is definitely a superstar. It will get better. Definitely need another top four defenseman. That's for sure. But we do need a superstar on offense. So we're not losing games four to nothing in game seven. Like you need somebody to do something for you offensively. You need somebody who can actually create on their own. And we need, like you saw what Barzell did to this team. Like he was skating circles around us. Like where's that guy on the Flyers? He doesn't exist. Barzell doesn't exist on most teams. But most Stanley Cup teams, they do. Like look at Tampa. They got like three of those guys. (laughs) That's true. You know, I mean, and it's like, look what's going to happen with Colorado. It's like the Colorado McKinnons. It's unbelievable. He like that carried that team. They, they're ridiculous. They had like not very good <laughs> goaltending. They got guys getting hurt left and right, and they still did pretty well. I don't know why I laughed at that Colorado McKinnons. That really made me laugh. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, um, just look at anybody who's won a cup. There's a superstar in all these teams. Yeah, and the Flyers do. They don't have a. Dare I say it? They don't have a star player. Sean Couturier well, that, to me is not a star, even though he did just win. Uh, what's the award? Selkie. 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 Like that's that's pretty awesome. So maybe his name, you know, is mentioned with some of these other guys now. Um, I don't know. They don't have that guy. They don't have that guy. Oh, oh shit, he's on the ice. We got to watch for this guy. You know, blah blah blah. Nobody on the Flyers would scare me if I was on the other team. You know, but I, I think that's that's AV system now, right? He didn't have any really any stars in New York besides Lundqvist. Uh, well, Rick Nash didn't really work out, but, uh, Vancouver, I guess you could say you had the twins. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely in Vancouver. And there was other guys as well. He's always had good goaltending though. You see when he's been successful, pretty good defense as well. Um, Marty St. Louis had for a little bit towards the end of his career. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I hated Um, that because I liked St. Louis and then he had to play for the rags. I hated that so much. And Brad Richards for a while before he fell off. So they, they did have a name, usually the top guy in free agency. But they, they always had somebody. They just didn't last very long, and they had to move on to the next one. Um, they, they, they've been missing, like, a top center for quite a long time, the Rangers. So, yeah, But, yeah, you said it yourself with the, the Sedin twins. Like, those two were studs, plus the goaltending and strong defense was that team. But look at the stars. What what like what was who was their main guy? Ben. I think Ben definitely picked up his play. He, he's definitely one of the more grittier guys. But remember, they got Tyler Sagan as well. The weird thing about Dallas is all these rookies started scoring. It was like an anomaly. I was going to like, say, I, how, about, saw, how about Mira Heiskanen? Well, we know how good he is. They they have good defense, and they were doing that with you know their backup goalie, who's actually looking like he's a pretty good player, going to be a good goalie. But like. I, my phone would light up on who scored, and it's like guys I've never heard of. There's all these random rookies. That's like the one thing you can't account for. That's like J.J. Daniel tying the game six against the Oilers. Like you can't, you can't, you can't make that up. That just happens. There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, or you know Max Talbot scoring the two goals for Pittsburgh over Detroit. Like what? It's like a fourth line guy. Um, that's more of an anomaly. That's more of a just luck, but it was crazy. But yeah, the, the stars were strange. Nobody had that team picked. Remember we did our, our thing. I think I, I was like in the uh, minority just to get them get by the first round. It would sometimes teams just get hot, man. And if you have good goaltending, that can happen. So in good day. 
Hmm. Matt, you think the Flyers can win the Stanley Cup? No, because you have to get past the Lightning still. Hmm. So here's the thing. The Lightning, best regular season team in NHL history, right, a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. And they didn't have the big body, gritty guys, and they got bounced by a team like Columbus, who did. They were built. See, that's that's what I'm trying to say here a little bit. Columbus, eighth seed, built for the playoffs, just snuck in, and now they're set. It doesn't matter what their seed is because they're built for the playoffs. Playing a team finished first, not built for the playoffs. You know what I mean? Lightning, go out and get a couple guys, Patrick Maroon, blah blah blah. They win the Stanley Cup. I don't think I don't there's think, coincidence there. I don't think it was adding guys like Maroon and uh, although Shattenkirk played pretty well, but that was that was luck because he got bought out. Um, I think they got the playoff experience. They, remember the year before they got bounced by Columbus, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Capitals. So like they had the playoff experience. It was a matter of just putting it all together, and they finally did. Yeah, and they, they got, got timely bodied by Columbus. Though. If you remember back to that series, it wasn't. You would never guess that it was one versus eight. Listen, it's, it, shit happens. Like, and then we saw it was embarrassing. I mean, we saw this year with the Flyers. Like the Flyers were lucky to. I mean, if, if we really want to admit, we could say, oh, they were playing Montreal's game, this and that. Dude, they were they were getting manhandled by the Canadians. They were getting outplayed. They're uh, the lesser of the two teams, uh, physical physically wise, and then. Almost the same thing with the Islanders. Like, I don't think there's coincidence there. I think the Flyers are not really built for the playoffs yet. And I'm a little bit disappointed that they didn't address that, you know? Yeah, you and me both. Because there was yeah. guys out there that could have easily addressed that. Yeah, I, there's I, I still don't think every, a guy I don't think out every there single series went like that, though. I think that's – we ran into a, two teams that just – when we, we played them all season, we had issues with them. But we still yeah. were good all season. Like, if we played Washington, I think we'd have won that series. Yeah. Pitt, we'd have won that series. We ran into two teams, and we beat one of them, or you could say survived. I'd agree with you. Um, that just play a style of hockey that is not beneficial to the way the Flyers like to play. And some of it is personnel, but a lot of it is the game plan. And a lot of it is experience as well. They definitely do need to get bigger at certain areas, particularly the wing. Um, and it, it'd be nice to bring in a nice t- big top four defenseman as well. But I don't think it's the end all be all either. No, I just, you know, I think it's a thing. I think it's something to keep an eye on. And yeah, would have liked to have seen them grab somebody. Kyle, you mentioned, I think it was on the last episode with uh, Tampa Bay situation, that guy, Sernak, perfect guy to bring in. I think he's an oh, RFA. So they're, they're waiting, uh, like you said, they're waiting to see what shakes out with that uh, Tampa Bay salary cap situation because nobody's helping them out, thank God. Let them figure that out on their own. But he'd be a guy to bring in, 23. Uh, he might cost you a little bit, but that's fine. I mean, Go he's not him. just big. He's like he's good. Yeah. <laughs> he's a good player. Like I would definitely take he's him. He's a top four defenseman. He's young. He's good. He's got a ring already. Like by all means. And he could fit. He could fit in the future plans that we didn't even know we had. Now, in my opinion, now you can move. It's not going to be popular to say this. Now you can move Sandheim because now you have another top four guy. And now you can move Sandheim, slide, what's his name, Gustafson up to that spot or whoever. And, and there you go. I don't see but, how we get anything off of Tampa, though. We'd have to take back some kind of significant cap to to get something along with whatever player we want. And we don't have the cap space to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know how it would happen. It would it would be pretty cool though. <laughs> Definitely It'd be great. I'll take Sergachev too, but it ain't it's probably not gonna happen. What else? Uh, did we leave it leave out any controversial opinions, guys? I, I can't believe an hour just went by. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'll just throw this out there. Um, what do you think of Fletcher's off season so far? Oh yeah. I'm like nah. I'm I'm like indifferent to it. What do you think, Nat? I I I don't think he has to make moves. I mean the Gust of Sin thing. I don't understand why. Like, but I don't understand why everyone was so uptight about him not doing anything when there really isn't much to do. Like if there was more out there and available. But once you know Petrangelo was gone, all that stuff. I. I mean, if he gets something done with the Jets, you know, cool, but, you know, I don't know. I'm not I'm not upset with him. That's kind of how I feel. Because he could have went out and, and he could have made a mistake. He could have signed, overpaid somebody or, you know, made a deal where he ended up trading Connect and he didn't have to or, or something crazy like that. I'm okay with heading into next year the way it is and seeing how things shake. I don't think he had to make any moves. I think the Niskanen move kind of screwed him over a little bit, but but they they've known that for I think a couple weeks now. A couple whenever the Flyers got eliminated, that was going to happen. Uh, I'll meet you I, halfway. I'll meet you halfway. I am uh, I am definitely glad they didn't go sign somebody to a no move clause and screw themselves for the Seattle draft. I'm glad they didn't commit to somebody long term just for the sake of adding somebody. I'm glad they didn't go trade for. We brought this up. Who did uh? Vancouver just had from Vegas. Schmidt. Schmidt. I'm glad they didn't go pay for Schmidt, who's got, what, five years at six mil or something? Do something stupid like that because you heard of the guy before. I'm glad he didn't do that. His team is still missing a top four defenseman. That does need to be addressed. That's how I, I, I do feel that way. And Gustafson, while I like that it's one year, he doesn't fit that role. We have like four third pair defensemen. And we have Provorov, Sanheim, Myers, and this defense is not nearly as formidable as it was last year. And was it really all that formidable? Not really. So there's going to be issues unless something you still need to address top four. It's been I don't want to say it's been neglected because you can't offer these long term deals like we said. So you got to get creative. And it's that's why I don't say he had a bad offseason or anything, but I I would like to see him get creative and figure something out. Yeah, I don't know. I think uh, considering the circumstances with the flat cap, like we mentioned, and the expansion, it's kind of like, all right, I guess we – I mean, he even said it, right? He even told us he wasn't going to be active in free agency, and, man, he wasn't lying. (laughs) He didn't do much. He signed Gustafson and uh, Pouliot, right? And that's it. So I guess if you were expecting – and Flyers Twitter, I don't know why. And maybe if you guys are listening, you could tell us why. Do we really expect Pietrangelo or Krug? Like, did you expect them to really bring in these guys? And and if so, like, that's why you're disappointed. Like, that was never realistic, I don't think, was it? I don't think free agency was ever realistic. And that's when Niskanen retired, the money put that idea in people's heads. Maybe so, and, yeah. And it, you're seeing it. There's a lot of leftover guys, but they're all on offense. And some, you know, look at the Taylor Hall one-year deal. That would look great. But 
all the top guys still got paid and you kind of knew that was going to happen. And I just, you know, immediately signs Braun. So I'm like, okay, third pair is set. Our guy in the press box is set, (laughs) but we're still missing a top four guy. And you're right. Free agency is not the way to go, but there are other ways to address it. And I was, it's still, you know, listen, the season's not going to start till January, so he's got time, but. Uh, some, I, if we're serious about winning, I, he, we need a top four defenseman. Carl, anything you want to add there? Uh, underwhelming. <laughs> I mean, I'm just underwhelmed by this offseason. If you're serious about winning, you need to figure it out. It's that simple. You need to figure it the hell out. And the flat cap really screwed everybody. And I get that, but... As a GM, you gotta figure it out. I mean, bring somebody in, do something. You gotta address this top four D. Because if we roll into this season as it sits right now, defense is gonna be a problem the entire year. And I do not want to see Carter Hart get lit up. You think that he's got something up his sleeve still? He's waiting for something to develop, or you think he's really planning on going into the season with this? I have no idea. I think he's trying to be opportunistic, but he can't overplay his hand or <laughs> we're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Um, because of the flat cap, I get it. So I'm not going to say, oh, horrible offseason. It just the more time goes on, the more I'm kind of like, is something really going to happen? I don't know now. Now I'm not sure. So time will tell, you know, but there are ne- a serious need that needs to be addressed. I think it would have happened already if something was going to happen. Wow. See, I'm, I'm hoping, and, and I'm af- that's kind of what I'm afraid of. And I'm kind of like, I hope a lot, the line A is being pushed so hard so that part B can come into effect some way, shape, or form. And maybe then you can talk to Tampa Bay or something, because I don't know the pieces that would be involved. But, you know, Dumba's been a name that's been talked about. And I don't know, he drafted the guy, so that makes sense. Minnesota, he drafted him. Does he play Just, defense? Not very yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but uh, you know, so I, I don't know. I just don't know. And a guy like Alec Martinez still available? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, maybe maybe this is the team. In which case, hold your breath. Yeah, so look alive. I guess we're going for broke on offense. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Until you, you get to the playoffs. Then you're really gonna have a problem, Jim. <laughs> Maybe maybe he's going to tread water and make some move at the trade deadline. I, I don't know. I kind of think that's the plan. And if I'm if if I'm putting myself in him in uh Chuck Fletcher's shoes, I think that's the the route I go as well. You're probably going to get Line for a little bit cheaper than Winnipeg's asking for him now cuz they have to move him unless they sign him at some point or they change their minds with him. Uh you're only going to be paying half his salary, right? So it's not that 6 million you're paying 3 million now. Is it- yeah, Kevin Allen actually said that on a podcast I was listening to today, that his value right now is as high as it's going to be. It's only going to go down from here. Right, yeah, because you get him for the whole season. Once once the trade deadline comes, it's like, well, I ain't giving you Sanheim anymore, buddy. Like, we're in a playoff round here. Maybe that's um, what Fletcher's trying to wait out. But listen, try to make a deal with Columbus or something because you're not getting Sanheim. And the closer we get to that trade deadline, the less and less you're going to get. And that would make sense. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I think we would bit. basically yeah. be stuck with him. And they and they can the Flyers can get through a regular season with the team as is. You know, I think as as boring as that sounds, 
they don't need to make a move. And then when trade deadline well, comes, you would see what's it's, available. Well, hold on. Let me stop you. It's not going to be boring. <laughs> Either it's going to be all offense on one end or all offense on the other end. And nothing boring is going to be happening. Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, what else, guys? We're coming up on just about an hour and ten minutes. Now, you got any more spicy takes over there? No, I hate that New Jersey. Oh, my God. They're out of ideas. They're officially out of Holy ideas. Holy crap. That is terrible. Yeah, I hate that. What is a reverse retro? I'm still trying to figure that out. That's the first thing I thought of. I'm like, reverse retro? Isn't that like the future? Like, what the? What does that even mean? And I think it's like, it's retro. Like, Bob Clark wouldn't be caught dead in that thing. I know. <laughs> like, you know what I, you know what I thought was funny? A lot of people, uh. On Twitter, we're bringing up like their Kmart and their their old Walmart jersey, and like, oh, we already got this one. We don't need to go out and buy one. I thought that was pretty funny because that's what it looked like to me. It was like, uh, you know, somebody even mentioned Caldor. Do you guys remember Caldor? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that cracked me up, man. I hate this New Jersey, and I kind of I'm I'm wondering though, am I gonna like it eventually? Because the Winter Classic or not the Winter Classic? What was the outdoor game jersey that they used? The all orange one, the big pumpkin looking one. I hated that at first, but it ended up growing. It, I like it now. It's like a good jersey you can wear out. This one, I don't know what it is about it. Maybe it's the white on the sleeves. I I'll, I, I can't wear this jersey. It know. looks silly. It looks really silly. It does, right? Like, just yeah. give the people what – it's kind of like the Flyers, too. Like, oh, we'll give you guys a new jersey, and it's going to be the design you want, but the colors are all going to be fucked, right? Like, yeah, just give us the black one, the one that we want. Like, what the hell? Gave you the ingredients, and they just they did it wrong. Yeah. They can never just give you what you want, right? So we're coming to the end of the show. Nah, it was a, an awesome episode. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, no problem. It was fun. Enjoyed. Yeah, we have to do this again. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are listening, check out hwhockey.net. Check out Nat's article about Ghost. Kyle and Jack, where can people find you on Twitter? Jack underscore hwradio new high and wide full circle this Sunday, which is a little bit of way, but you know, look out for that anyway. You can find me at Warner Kyle 29. I always think you're going to say more after you say he it. Looks, like, I can see the look on his face. Sometimes I, he just decides against that, it. He I love gets, throwing he gets, that curveball. <laughs> he gets Every close time. to the mic <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> I'm like, wait, should I talk? Is he done? Yeah. You're gonna well, say I, more. I, he's call, I hold my breath. I'm like, uh, <laughs> now, where can the people find you on the Twitter? Natty Fink, N-A-T-T-I-E, Fink. Nice and easy. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, episode four of season three. Oh, man, I was supposed to pick out a T-shirt winner, and I did, did not do that. We'll just so, give everybody who commented on a <laughs> fucking T-shirt. How's that? Wow, Kyle, really? Well, nobody's yeah. coming and picking these fucking things Except up. Except for the so Danny Briere one. giving them all Take out. Take his T-shirt back. <laughs> all right guys we're going to wrap up make sure you check out hwhockey.net check out all the episodes there uh all the new articles all new content is on the website once again nat thanks for hanging out we'll have to do this again and uh thanks for listening everyone we'll be back next week